Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Humans of AI, where we learn about the people who are building the tech that's changing our world. My name is Sheikh, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Thank you for joining us. Would you mind introducing yourself? Hi, Sheikh. Hi, everyone. I'm Rakesh Anandalu. I'm a director of product management here at UMD. It's been two and a half years with AMD and in Austin. I lead our AI product management. Now, client business unit for AMD, which is basically the PC of product market. Awesome. Well, Prakash, um, you, uh, um, most of the world knows about all the cool things that AMD is doing, and obviously AI is core to so much of your your work. But if you had to take a step back and describe what you do day to day to to a five year old, how would you describe your role? Well, first thing, I'm in product management. I have an eight-year-old that he thinks <laughs> Perfect. Do, uh, pretty charts and numbers on Excel. He says, I don't know why your company pays you that. I can do stuff in Excel and slides. But <laughs> that aside, you know, um, how I would explain it to a five-year-old is five-year-olds are smart pieces, right? They learn differently, they play differently, they're also using devices. So most of the work that I do. Uh, tries to make the devices and everything that you interact more smarter. How, like, you know, playing the game, you can make the game more smarter. If you're watching an app to learn something, it's going to make your application smarter, learning smarter. That's how I describe it to my materials. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm there with you. I have two girls. They're, they're six years old and eight years old, too. And one of the questions I always grapple with is, you know, how and when to introduce them to different aspects of, of the tech world. Is there a way you've been um, working with your um, uh, child on different parts of tech? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Just before I was in India with a startup called Dispersi. And for that, I was working on a, a product which was really interesting for me. It was a smartphone, a smartwatch for kids. Especially in China, smartwatch is seen as a security device for parents. You know, parents put a smartwatch on the kid. And the kids go out from a kid's perspective, it's a small screen, they're not glued to the screen. So, you know, you, you know, it tends to count your steps, it you know, helps you to be more active and stuff. It was a very interesting product because my son was close to four years old. The product I was building, I could actually test with him. <laughs> so, then you know, we were putting a lot of effort on hey, how do we make some pretty smiley faces so that we encourage you know, kids to chart? But what we found out is Kids are going to buy it. Parents are going to be excited. They're going to charge it for the next two weeks. And if the kids don't charge, the watch just goes away in the drawer. So, um, you know, my product manager came to me, hey, we need to do X, Y, Z to make it charge more, uh, you know, more better. I was like, who cares about it, right? But then I took the watch to my son. It was a smiley face which used to come on the watch. He was so excited. It made him charge more look at, you know, all the smiley faces that came in. And there was an important lesson about whether you're in AI and product management, it's very important to connect at a human level, right? You need to be connected to your user, you know, product management or AI. Yes, you need to be technically capable, but you need to be connected to the user who you are designing for, gains from your personal experience to make the products better. Yeah, well, it, it, it's good that you have a customer base at home already built in. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, uh, well, uh, tell us more broadly uh, about your career arc and how you became uh, a product management leader. 
Yeah, so I started off as an engineer. Uh, you know, I graduated in the peak of recession in 2008. I just come to uh, America, but then I got my master's in electrical engineering. And there was a small group uh, in North Carolina, inside Qualcomm. Uh, I had an opportunity with that group and I had an opportunity with a bigger company. And I took a chance to, I, I talked, I interviewed with this group. I liked the people. And I took a chance to go to the smaller group, even in the bigger company with a smaller group. We went on to, we went on to design the first snap package. I don't know many if the listeners are familiar or not. It's like a very popular processor between uh, the most smartphone. I started out as an engineer, then transitioned into being a more architect kind of a role. Then I realized, you know, engineering was great, but what I was doing was probably one dimension in the sense that I was more focused on design, engineering design. That made me, you know, go out and get an MBA. Uh, and uh, the group there that I was working at Qualcomm was extremely helpful. Uh, and supportive of my uh, standard education. Then I transitioned to be a product manager inside Qualcomm. That's where I started building the smartwatch for its product. And since then, it's been five to six years uh, in, in product management. And I would say, even though I've been with like a company for 10 years, I've already made, I've always made effort to make sure that I'm challenged. It's good to be comfortable in your job. It, you know, it's great to be comfortable because if you just go through the motion, but I've also realized that, you know, it, you, know you happen to stagnate a little bit too comfortable. So I've made conscious effort to be uncomfortable in the different roles I've been seeking out more learning opportunities. And that's what has helped me in learning my day to work as a product manager. Oh, yeah. It, it seems like going to business school was very much a career reset for you as you figured out uh, what was important to you You there. Um, thinking back to your time uh, getting your MBA, are there, um, as you're doing day-to-day work, are there any like particular classes or things you learned in your um, MBA program that you come back to with frequency? Yeah, more than classes, yes. It was actually the people, like, hey, you all talked about you need to get diverse perspective. You need to be working with different kinds of people and stuff. You know, when I was an engineer, I was working with great talented people, but we, we all had the same type of group, right? But when I was in an MBA class, I was sitting some, with somebody in finance. You know, in my group, I had somebody in sales in a culinary industry, right? I've given the same problem. What actually did me is how different we were all approaching it, right? Yeah. And that's an active, you know, that's an active, quality that I see when I'm leading the team or a discussion inside the team about trying to get different perspectives to solve the problem and not being one-sided about it. I think that's been a great learning. Apart from that, there were classes in like product strategy, which are more tactical. Hey, we want to enter the market. What are the different aspects that you need to do? Product strategy is important. As a product manager, having some good background your working knowledge of finance about the balance sheet, how your, your product is more profitable. That's important. But you know, those are all very coachable. You know, in my mind, don't need an MBA to actually teach you all of that. But it is about working with different kinds of people, the interpersonal relationship, the soft skills that you pay. It's personally what was valuable for me. Awesome. That's great to hear. Um now in um in you, you You've worked on very different types of technology throughout your career. In in choosing to work in the AI space, do you think there's anything 
fundamentally different about being a PM on an AI product versus something else? Yeah, it is. The first thing is we all don't understand what AI is. I mean, in the sense that it's growing so fast, you know, it's yeah. very hard to keep pace of it, right? Uh, you know, one specialist is looking at the specific product that, you know, the technology that I'm working on is on device AI, right? How do you, do you make, uh, you know, AI work more locally? In my case, it's in your laptop, in your PCs, right? How can all these AI algorithms and AI applications run more efficiently on your PC, right? And one of the biggest challenges there is, you know, they're building hardware. Like the hardware has to be built now, and the hardware needs to be able to run all of these great applications, which might come two years, three years, four years later, right? That's a unique challenge that we face in hardware and semiconductor industry. But, you know, you kind of use future applications didn't change as faster, but with AI, with onslaught of AI, Things are changing so faster, how the software is built, how the application is built, is changing so faster, and how we connect the dots. Like, as yeah. a manager in the group, you need to have an oversight about hey, where things are going three years from now, bring it back to see how we're going to design product today. That's unique and challenging. Mm. Yeah, it seems you very much have to be able to predict the future as well as meet current needs there. Uh, yeah. Given the, um, as you were saying, just the rapid pace of of updates and innovation across in, in industry, it seems like there's like five new major breakthroughs every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the ways that you're um, staying on top of the latest um, academic and industry research and choosing to incorporate that? Are there any mechanisms that you and your team have built out that allow you to stay on top of things? Yeah, you know. I wish people, I could build a more articulate Amazon for myself. But I think for, for people, I would generally say, have people think about this You spend time at work, majority of your time. So, you know, associating with different groups inside the work itself. But now I work with my research group to understand what they are doing. Like when I talk to them, it gives me a leading into what's happening two years, three years from now. Customers and your partners bring a unique perspective. By talking and listening to them. And even in your peer group itself, right? There was a very interesting suggestion when I was talking to another product manager in their company. They actually have, you know, three to five days focused on AI. They come together and they talk about random topics on how AI can improve their lives, right? We talk product managers looking out. I think that's an interesting idea uh, in which, you know, we don't do nothing yet, but that's one way internally that we can seek out and keep updated about different things happening. And, you know, if you use the social media in the right amount, LinkedIn has been a very good platform for me. You know, I follow folks who have similar interests or who I look up to in my field. Yeah. And that gives me a good, my LinkedIn feed is probably well curated and I go off and do stuff. And then you know, I have 30 minutes of travel each day. I have my own favorite podcast that I listen to. So you just need to make it work. Everybody has a busy life. Every five, ten minutes is fine. And I just need to give information. What are some of the, those uh, podcasts that you listen to during your drive? Yeah, one of my favorite podcasts, probably most specific in my industry, is Six Five Podcast. Okay. Uh, what's interesting that is it takes its topics, it's five minutes on each topic, and it will be thirty minutes each of that. Yeah. Uh, it's more focused on tech, hardware, industries, and stuff like that. And then I have a list of different AI podcasts that I listen to. 
And, you know, interestingly, YouTube is also my friend. Uh, yeah. you know, it knows me more now. <laughs> about five minutes, ten minutes video that I get put on to. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about um, in terms of in-person events, in terms of like conferences and meetups and things like that? Are there any that you can recommend? Maybe something you're going to in the next couple of months? Yeah. So, you know, as you know, both mentioned that we had hardware summit. That was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in the Austin area. Probably the, the, the rate of conference is still not as big and big rapid famous in San Francisco area. There are a couple of generative AI and MLOps uh, conferences that happening in Austin and trying to work out to see with my schedule alliance. But you know, not I'm not narrowed down on the specific uh, conferences, but in general. In-person conferences, if you're able to vet to make sure that there are topics are of interest to you and the speakers are capable of something that you wanted to listen to, can be very beneficial. Cool. Um, let's uh, shifting gears a bit. Um, you're obviously in 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 a leadership role and manage um, a product management team, but um, outside as you're building your team and recruiting for more talent there, outside of just technical skills and just being excellent at those, what are some of the other skills that you look for as you uh, build your team? Yeah, in general, AMG is a very fast-paced culture. You know, it's, I didn't believe it when I joined the people said it's a 50-year-old startup. In fact, it does people like one. Um, some of the things that our team of people look into is Technical skills are, are great, right? you know, especially in my industry, technical industry is the biggest level of expectation on how you understand the technology. But most of the candidates that we uh, you know, uh, scan to have the basic level of technical knowledge. Uh, I would say product sense, in the sense that, hey, given, given, a, given a specific problem, are you able to step out and think about the equation and before you dive into it, right? Uh, that, to me, is a a person who has a good product center, a good product vision can do that. That kind of uh, thinking is going to be very important. And uh, in terms of an attitude, you know, ability to work with different groups, how can you converse with cross-functionally? Because in a day, you're talking to your architecture team, you're talking to your legal team, you're talking to your finance team, you're talking to your sales team, right? The ability to converse with these different groups, I think, and calibrate yourself accordingly, is very important. When you're talking to an engineering team, you bring the business insight. When you're talking to a business team, you're, you're yep. bringing internal walls, right? You know, can, can a candidate or can somebody who is really adopt to these different views and are able to articulate them, articulate them well is important. In the sense of communication skills becomes extremely important. Awesome. Interesting. Now, uh, the, the very last question I have for, for you is, um, let's say you're... Um, you're fresh out of school right now and thinking about getting into the world of product management. Um, and you have offers from different startups and big companies on the table. What are some of the questions I should be asking myself to find the best type of product management culture for me early in my career? Yeah, you know, the, the amount of risk that you can take in a career drastically dies down as the number of years of experience increases. So my one advice I always give people coming in is take the risks, right? Um, how do you dial that down? I think 
have a, a good understanding about hey, what excites you, what you want to do is important. Uh, I wouldn't stress too much upon hey, what's the compensation. No, don't over-index on the compensation piece. Initially, in the first four to five years, the focus should be on hey, we live in an exciting company. This is a product that I am really excited to work uh, work for. And get a get a good grasp of the team. I think your first boss or the first mentor will really shape you and influence you in many ways than your you know, further bosses might not. So thinking about hey, the product is exciting enough. Uh, thinking about the company, right? What are the young people take more risk, join startup, join a company which you know might not have a great balance sheet, but you have an exciting product. And get to know the team that you're about to join and feel comfortable with either your team members and more specifically your process of the mentor. You know, how can you learn from them? What's their attitude towards you? You know, any questions you can, leading questions you can ask to understand that better, you want to be super important. Well, that's all great advice. Um, uh, I'm trying to th- think about the ways that I can increase my risk tolerance, but uh, kids definitely uh, brings that down a touch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Prakasha, thank you so much for taking time on the Sunday. This has been great to learn more about your your world. Um, if any listeners want to reach out to you, what's the best way to generally connect with you online? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best source. I'm actually active on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect join. Okay, Rakesh. Well, thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by H10. Part about advanced technology that never changes is the need for the right people to design, build, and manage it. H10 offers just that with an on-demand talent and management service that covers all aspects of engineering, program management, and AI. Trusted by over 400 companies, including half of the Fortune 10, H10 is here to help lighten your load and make you the hero.